huge impetus to starting this because I just thought, you know what, like I miss my friends. I know that all of my friends miss drinking good wine, you know, and I was like, and instead of just, you know, creating this community for my friends and just doing like a little zoom happy hour. I was like, I, I could make this way bigger. I could actually make this like a real thing, knowing yeah. how many people in my friend group and beyond were interested. I was like, I actually think like people could be really interested in this. Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, empowering your pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today, I have Nia Ruthan, who owns her own wine club. So Nia's favorite thing about wine is the way that it brings people together. After completing her PhD in psychology research at NYU and working for several, several years consulting in social welfare space, she began fulfilling her need to learn about wine. First, with an introductory course at San Diego, San Diego's State University, then by getting her WSET Level 2 and Level 3 certification. During this time, she also began blogging and creating an online and in-person wine community, which led her to her reoccurring wine column in the San Diego Magazine. After traveling to some of the most beautiful vineyards in the world and falling in love with small batch wines and the stories and the people behind them, she realized it was time for her love of wine, connection, and travel to come together. And she created her wine club. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, So tell us a little bit about your story and your journey. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely covered the, you know, the, the 500 foot view um, of everything that I have done. So, you know, really it all started growing up. You know, I, I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I wanted to understand people and work with people. So that manifested in a lot of different ways growing up. And then I finally realized, you know, in college, I was a psychology major and education minor. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to go to grad school and I decided that I wanted to work in psychology, but not, not in a one-on-one capacity like kind of in this capacity where I was having an effect on multiple people, lots and lots of people. So I did community level research and I worked um, on anti-poverty initiatives. I worked on health initiatives for, you know, different local and international actually like cities and counties. Um, And I really, really, really loved that work. Like it was totally, and it's, it still is honestly where my heart is in some ways. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was great, but then I realized, so it was actually, I it, it was Thanksgiving weekend and I think it was like 2017 or 2018. And I'm at, at my family's house, like my brother and his fiance are there and my sister and her husband and kids are there. And I was just by myself, you know, the single sibling and they're all just so busy and they have all these plans. And I was like, 
I literally just go home and watch the office after work. Like <laughs> I need to do something like what, what should I do with my time? Like how, how should I in, in, how should I enrich myself? So yeah. I put it through and I was like, do you know what I really, really love is wine. Every single trip that I take, you know, my friends and I were really big. We go on a few international trips a year every single time I'm like, all right, guys, where's the wine? We, we have to make a trip out to the vineyards. You know, that was just always my focus. So I was like, why don't I just learn more about it? Because I know that I love it, but I don't like, you know, when I go to a wine shop, I have no idea what bottle to pick. When I go mm-hmm. to a restaurant, I have no idea what glass of wine I should get to pair with my food. And that would just be such a cool thing to know. And that would just make, that would in, enrich me, you know, as, as a person. So I decided on literally the day after Thanksgiving, I was like, all right, guys, I'm diving in. I'm starting this blog to document the journey. I'm starting this Instagram account to go along with it. And I enrolled in a wine education class. And it has really been just all uphill from there in the sense that I have just become, it, it just got to a point where, you know, I mean, fast, fast forward like three or four years, but where, you know, my now husband would come home from work and he's like, Hey Nia, how was your day? And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was so great. So I heard this from this wine person. And I have, I have this new collaboration coming up and I, we're going to open this bottle with dinner tonight. And he's like, Oh, but how was work? And I'm like, Oh, it was fine. Whatever. So anyway, <laughs> why, you know, and we just kind of started to realize, you know, I was like, it, this brings me so much joy. This lights me up in a way that just nothing else ever has. And I just really feel like I have something that I can offer to people. I know that, you know, I mean, you you even said, Jen, before we started recording that you love wine, but you're like, I just don't really like know that much about it. I don't know enough about it. And so, you know, me working mindful time, launching my wine club, it's exactly for that purpose. Like it is for the, it's it's for you. It's for people like you Mm -hmm. that love wine, want to try other wines that they haven't had a chance to try before, maybe haven't heard of, don't even know if they're good. So it's all about like the discovery and exploration and like learning about your palate. I love it. So I think I was reading on your website, you had you initially kind of started with like friends coming over to your place. Was it your like studio studio apartment in San Diego? <laughs> and like, then they would bring friends over and then friends of friends would come with to learn about wine is like, you kind of talked through it all. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. So, you know, everybody, so as, as I started to learn about wine, my friends would start to come to me just in, in troves over and over, just, you know, can, you know, just wanting to just like learn more and ask for my recommendations and go, go to all the new wine bars in town. So I thought, all right, guys, let's start a wine club once a month. We're going to have a theme and everybody come over. And it, it, you know, and at first it was like, probably like what eight of us. And then it was like, 12 of us. And then it was 15 of us. Then it was 20 of us, you know, and it's just because friends and friends and friends kept on hearing about it. And they were like, wait, this is so fun. I, I, I want in. Um, and so it's, and so, you know, and then COVID happened and mm-hmm. then I moved across the country because my husband got relocated for work. And so all of that just kind of stopped. And so it was, it, that was also such a huge impetus to starting this because I just thought, you know what, like, I miss my friends. I know that all of my friends miss drinking good wine, you know, and I was like, and instead of just 
you know, creating this community for my friends and just doing like a little zoom happy hour. I was like, I, I could make this way bigger. I could actually make this like a real thing, knowing yeah. how many people in my friend group and beyond were interested. I was like, I actually think like people could be really interested in this. So yeah. So that's, yes, that's, that, that's that, that kind of little piece of the inception story too. Yeah, that is I, I feel like when I think about like starting a wine club and all of that, I'm like, I wouldn't even know like where you would even start. Like, but I also <laughs> haven't gone to all of the vineyards that you have around the world and everything. So it's so cool. And you know what? Like you are literally your, your market, like women our age, like we love wine. We love to learn about wine. We like pairing it with different things and like yep. figuring out like what foods go with certain wines, but that's not really something we talk about on a regular basis. Well, at least I don't, but I still like to know. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, the idea behind the wine club is giving just enough in, in information. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel like they're going through W set level three when they're mm-hmm. in the wine club, but I do want you know people to feel like they are leaving. Okay. So I, also what I should say, so th- the way that I structure it is, is really for this, education and learning piece, but also fun because mm-hmm. again, you know, you, you kind of said that I'm essentially my own target wine club member. And that's so true. So it actually does make it kind of easier to set everything up. Cause I'm like, what, what do I think is fun? Like, what yeah. do I, you know, what, 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 what did I want to learn about wine when I was just starting out? So the way I've set it up is um, members get three bottles of wine from a single winery each month. And so the idea behind that is that like, we're going deep. So if the wines are from Sonoma, we're learning all about Sonoma. And then the other cool piece is that we, I have the winemaker or the owner of the winery come on to this live zoom tasting with us each month. So the experience that you get in my wine club is as if you're going to the vineyard itself, you have a one-on-one, you know, line, direct line of communication to really learn from each of these, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, folks that are producing this wine. Another thing is that all of the wines are small production in the sense that you can't get them at your wine shop, not even at like a specialty wine shop. You know, these are, these are wineries. They're not working with distributors. You can only buy them directly from those wineries. And to be honest, you know, unless you have connections to wine country, they would be really difficult to find. Cause if, if you, if you Google Napa wine, Sonoma wine or Oregon wine, like you're not going to get these really small boutique, like really, really, you know, craft wineries. You're, you're just going to get your listicle of like the top 10 places to visit in Napa. And those are and yeah. half of them. You're going to be able to find their bottles at your wine shop anyway, you know? So it's, it's, it's all, all just kind of this idea of finding these unique boutique bottles, connecting with those producers, and then creating that connection back to my community. And we also have a theme um, at each tasting. And the idea of the theme is to just really learn about something specific. So last month we did wine and food pairings. I, you know, I said, all right, you know, grab these three cheeses and these three meats, and we're going to just see how they pair with each of these wines. We want to try some like spicy salami to see how, how spicy would pair with a Pinot Noir versus how it would pair with a Chardonnay. So, you know, it's, it's really just kind of that fun and inclusive environment where we have these winemakers that are giving us this really awesome, you know, all of these learnings and information, but at the same time, 
every anybody no matter what your level like come in ask questions and let's mm-hmm. chat and it's like not you know it's it isn't it isn't like a stuffy kind of thing it really is meant for people to just like learn and be themselves and feel comfortable and have fun so if people are part of the wine club and are unable to make like the live zoom is there a recording that they can jump on and follow through if they want to taste it with like different foods that is a great question. Yes. So I record all of the tastings and then the next morning I send it, I send it all out to everybody. So you have full, you have lifetime access um, to these zoom recordings, which is definitely great. You know, I know that people actually, you know, at first I was like, I don't know if anyone's really going to watch it, you know, but, but people do, if they send yeah. they send me messages like a week after and they're like, Oh my gosh, I absolutely loved when you were talking about da, 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 when you were talking about, you know, that, that, that Pinot Noir. So it is, it is really cool that people actually do use that resource. And yeah. then you know, also what, how, how that kind of, you know, can serve long-term is that, you know, when, if, if somebody joins a wine club in six months from now, they'll have access to this whole library of tastings. So if you have interest in kind of learning, learning more about one of the, one of the particular themes or something like that, you can always go back and access. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, so as you were transitioning into just doing the wine club, leaving your full-time job. Did you have any critics that were like, are you sure you should be doing this? Like usually we all do, but I just want to check with you. Oh my gosh. No, I think, I think that's a great question. So I would say two things. So first, you know, when I was, so this, this whole kind of idea, you know, kind of starts all the way back in graduate school. So after about a year or two um, of my five-year program, I thought to myself, I was looking around at all the faculty, you know, everybody expects when you're getting a PhD, you're going to become a professor. And I looked around and I was like, you know what? This just isn't where I see myself. Like, I don't, I, I felt, I felt like being a faculty member was very similar to being a grad student forever, except with even more obligations. <laughs> and it's not a super social, you know, kind of career. Like you just spend a lot of time by yourself in your office, just thinking, reading, writing. And mm-hmm. I just realized pretty early on that that wasn't what I wanted. So when I voiced that, there were a lot of critics then. And they, and, you know, and people thought, well, what kind of job do you want? And I was like, I don't know. There's lots of private sector jobs. There's lots of research jobs that can use somebody with my background. So it honestly, it, 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 that was tough because, you know, the, my current faculty at that time didn't feel that they could support me in helping me find a job after grad school, whereas most people are getting all of these amazing letters of recommendation and all of these in insider, you know, oh, this, this, this new job just popped up and, and like, I'm, I'm going to put your name in for it. Like, I didn't have any of that. So that was, you know, definitely the first kind of point of criticism. And then I clearly have taken it to this whole other level. I can only imagine what all of these people think when they have seen my LinkedIn totally changed from like re- research and consultant to founder and CEO of Neo Ruth Wine. They're probably like, well, what is this girl doing? Um, so luckily n- none of those criticisms as far as the wine transition have been to my face. Um, I'm sure people have questions and thoughts. And honestly, I hope that if anybody has questions, just ask, like, I would love to talk about it and, you know, kind of explain how I felt drawn to make this transition. Um, mm-hmm. On the flip side though, of criticism, I, I was also a critic of myself because I thought, you know what, I worked really, really, really hard to get to where I am. Like this PhD program was not easy, not for a second. And I thought, am I just like 
throwing all of this away? Did I just waste all of my time doing this? Like, is this okay? So it was a huge mindset block within myself that I really had to, you know, pause and like, think, I mean, and when I say huge, I'm talking like a three month thing where I really (laughs) like every day had to like really think hard and journal and like talk, talk to people and just like, you know, make sure that I was like comfortable and okay with making this transition. So yes, funny enough, luckily no outward critics. I'm probably my own biggest critic. (laughs) Yeah. And isn't that the truth? Like we're almost more worried about like, what the work we've put in or what we've done and are we wasting our time and things like exactly what you said. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is honestly a little bit scary because it's always a risk. You know, it's like, I have no idea if, you know, I had some level of proof of concept, but not in this actual business model. I had proof of concept, Mm -hmm. people like wine clubs and they're fun, but I didn't, you know, really know if anybody was going to sign up for my wine club. I was blown away at how many people signed up in this first month. Like it was just incredible. And it's just made me like, just to see the growth over time has just made me feel so excited and so confident about what's to come. So it's, it's still really new, but I think there's so, so, so much good to come. And I think the one, the one thing that really stood out as you're taught, as you were talking about all of this is that as you were saying, like, you didn't want to become a professor, like that was the same thing I felt when I was working in corporate. Like, I love the people I was working with and they were so like, I had so much fun with them. But when I looked at like the position above me or the position, like my boss's boss, I was like, I, they're great people, but I do not want to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And And that I don't want to work harder at what I'm doing now only to get there. I, I, I I want to work harder at something, but I want to get somewhere else. You know, it's that, that I picture. And it's, I feel like it's, it's really hard to be motivated and to stay motivated in a, in a role when you know that you're working towards something that you don't want. I think that's, that's so, so true. Yes. And I think, yeah, for me, that was my big like aha moment of like, okay, so now I need to figure out what brings me more joy. Like you had the wine that brought you joy. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So through, through the pivot and everything like that, who did you have a lot of support from like friends, family, your husband, things like that? I, I really did. I mean, and you know, like I said, how I was trying to get myself into the mindset that it was okay Mm -hmm. to make a career shift. It was really all of my friends and family that were the ones that were, you know, continuing to push me through and tell me like, no, this is an amazing idea. Like there's so much potential for you to grow and create something incredible here. Like you really should go for it. I think mm-hmm. first and foremost, my husband is by and large, my number one cheerleader. It is honestly crazy. So he is, um, so he's in the Marine Corps. He is currently deployed. He's in Saudi Arabia. He okay. showed up in the middle of the night this past month to join my wine tasting. It was 4 a.m. His time. Oh. He got on Zoom. He just, he obviously didn't have any of the wines and yeah. he just wanted to just be there for me and support me. Like I literally, I'm so lucky to have that level of support. It just makes me, I mean, there's like, truly it makes me, cause I'm smiling ear to ear. Like, it's just like the best thing. My family who, you know, my dad is like a very academic kind of guy. He was mm-hmm. a person that I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't really know what he is going to think, but he is just so, he loves the entrepreneurial spirit. And he's like, Nia, go for this. This is so cool. And he's like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, 
you find a different job back in whatever realm you want. You know, he's like, he's like, your, your options are limitless. He's like, you could go work in tech. You could continue to go back to research. You could do something different in wine. You know, he's like, don't limit yourself. Like you have such a long life and career ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Just try different things that are going to make you happy. So it's really, you know, that, that support. And then of course, friends, friends, not only supporting me and making the decision, but also in joining the wine club, you know, it's so cool to be able to share that experience with all of my friends as well. Yeah. That having, well, one, having the support of your husband, that's amazing to have him like jump on when he's not even in the same time zone as you, but then (laughs) just having your dad, like literally tell you that what's the worst that can happen. And that's my, like the big picture of it. What's the worst that can happen. Like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, the worst that can happen is you have to go find a job and that's okay. Exactly. And, you know, I, I really do feel like that is the number one limiting belief is like, Mm -hmm. what's the worst that can happen? And you create all of these catastrophes, but when you really answer that question, the answer is nothing, (laughs) like nothing that bad is going to happen. If anything, no matter what, like, even if you fail, you still learned so much, like the amount that I have learned in the last four or five months, it, it honestly blows my mind. Like just, I mean, in like with not only business, but just with like learning like some graphic design stuff to create like my little visuals that I put out and some website design stuff and all of my social media things like these are more and marketing. Like these are things mm-hmm. that I truly had absolutely no idea, like zero idea what any of it was. And now I feel like I, you know, I could easily have a conversation with someone about marketing and social media and all of those things. And it's just, you know, and in, in the world that we live in, no matter what I do, I know for sure, even if this whole thing were to crash and burn, which I do not think that it would, but again, let's just totally catastrophize. I think about how much I learned that's useful in Mm -hmm. our, in our future worlds. 2022 and beyond. So, yes. Yeah. That's amazing. What do you think has been the most challenging so far with, with this journey? Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of challenges. Um, and I think, I think for me personally, it's that because I don't have any experience in business and marketing and social media and all of those things, it's difficult for me to know exactly what to do next to move the needle the most in my business. I am full of ideas. You should see my desk right now. It's just like <laughs> notes and pieces of paper and me just like frantically writing down all these yeah. new ideas. You know, I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm getting inspiration. I'm looking at just, you know, things in the world. And just, I feel like I'm constantly inspired by all of these things, which funny enough was never a way that I felt when I worked in research. Like I, I mean, I never felt inspired, like in the way that I feel now, which is also a beautiful thing, but right. <laughs> with all of these ideas, I'm like, okay, great. Now I have 27 ideas. I have no idea which I should actually do first, like which is going to be the most impactful, which is, you know, I have, so I have to stop. I have to think of like my order of operations, like how, how can, you know, like things lead into other things naturally and kind of blossom and develop in, in, in an organic way. So that, that I would say is definitely the most difficult is figuring out exactly what to do next. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a good problem to have, to have all these ideas and then trying to figure out execution. That's so Um, true. That's so true. um, What do you think has been the most challenging so far? Oh gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, just really, you know, kind of figuring all of these things out that are just in a totally different world Mm -hmm. Um, and really trying to just confidently dive in 
to, okay, I'm going to create a marketing plan and then confidently diving into here's my social media content calendar and confidently diving into these are the wineries that I'm going to reach out to. And this is what I offer to you. And this is what I'd like you to, you know, work like this is how I'd like the partnership to, to work with me. Because when I think of these producers, these are my like idols, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like their wine is so amazing. Their vineyard's so beautiful. Like, you know, they're kind of doing all these like things that I am just, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. so at, so admirable to me. And yeah, you know, like just talking to them also kind of breaking down that initial barrier of, of outreach was definitely something that I used to be so nervous to do. And now I just reach out all the time, you know, whether that's via DM, because we've just been chatting about something else or email, or, you know, we get on zooms and it's, it's, it's become so much easier, but yes, definitely kind of breaking, breaking um, out and like getting more comfortable with kind of all of these new elements of like my life and my business. Yeah. I, as like, as you keep telling me about like different wineries that you are reaching out to, um, and then like the fact that you are doing a zoom and having them on each month, like to me, you're taking people through like this experience that they may never be able to do. Like they may never be able to go to this many wineries and you get to bring that to like them in their house. And especially through this time, like that, the whole pandemic, like people want to, people want experiences, right? Totally. Like we want to grow, we want to learn and you get to bring that to them right to their house, which is so cool. Totally. And that's, and you know, and so I think kind of two, two things. The first is that I was doing that so much and I loved it so much. And I was like, how can I allow other people to do the same thing? How, mm-hmm. how can I make, you know, these wine experiences more tangible and just feel more real. So, you know, in, instead of just having my blog and Instagram and just posting about that stuff, how can I actually like bring it into people's hands and give them these experiences of going to wine country? You know, mm-hmm. I think that, that that was just super, super important. Um, and also, you know, because of the pandemic, people just aren't still are not, you know, of course we're all traveling, but not to the degree that we were before. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of connection between all of the people that are on the zoom, which is really cool to kind of see, see people mm-hmm. start connecting it to know each other month, month over month. And then also, yes, you know, to get these like really curated one-on-one experiences that a lot of times when you go to a winery that like costs you a lot of money to have that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're, you're paying the, like, you know, that, that like extra, extra cost to go, you know, to do the vineyard tour and to talk one-on-one. And a, a lot of times it'll be with just the tasting room manager. And that's totally fine. Tasting room managers are incredible, but it's really, really cool. You know, when you were talking to the person that like, this is their baby, like this is their, you know, the winery is their name. And like, mm-hmm. that's the person that you're talking to and like hearing their story. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I really have tried to bring a unique curated, um, exciting experience for people, um, to get, to get more into wine. So cool. Um, with talking about some of the challenging aspects and the fact that you had said, um, sometimes it was some of your limiting beliefs that were holding you back. What would you tell your five-year-old self? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I, I mean, honestly, growing up, I feel like I am such a different person now than I was even like less than 10 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. because really growing up, all that I thought was important was just school academics and just doing well and getting, getting that next scholarship and next, that next grant and that next award. And just all of those things were really like how I assigned success to myself, you know, 
And I didn't think much about like, oh, like what are the things that I like to do in my free time other than traveling and hanging out with friends and just kind of the like pretty normal stuff. Like I didn't really have like a very specific outlet outside of that. So I, I would tell myself like, don't stress. You can get a B. You can get a C if you want. I promise it's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. And yeah, really just listen, listen to your heart, listen to your gut and just do what you feel called to do. And don't wait. Like, I feel like that sounds so cliche and people say it all the time, but I'm so glad that that literal day that I decided I wanted to learn more about wine, I created an Instagram handle. I created a website and I signed up for a wine course literally within like a three hour period because I was like, this is what I want to do. And if, and I, I, I don't want to sleep on it because I don't <laughs> want to change my mind because again, what's the worst that can happen. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it, what's the worst that could happen if, if you wouldn't have started this wine club, you would still be sharing information because you still love wine. So you'd still be sharing that wine info to people. And exactly. And pe- so either way, like you found something you loved and you just grew that and took that to the next level. Yeah. And really, I feel like I've assigned more meaning to it, you know, because Mm -hmm. before I was just sharing every, and it's, do not get me wrong. It's totally fun and great to just share for fun. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but I do feel like I have so much more purpose now in Mm -hmm. the things that I share with people. And even, you know, as, 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 as much as I've always loved small, small production wines, it's become just so much more important for me to really talk about that with people and share it, share that with people more and be really just clear about like why this is so important and what it is that actually makes these wines better and higher quality um, than some of the other wines that, you know, you can get that are, that are mass produced. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really, you know, assigned a lot of meaning and purpose. And I think, you know, another really important thing about the wine club that I actually don't even think I explicitly said is how important it is to support small producers. You know, we talk about supporting small businesses all the time. These small production wineries are that, you know, And they are way out in wine country. They're not in like your downtown area. So they're not getting foot traffic. Like you have to know, you have to intentionally go to see these people. You have to intentionally seek out their websites and seek out their wines to be able to buy from them directly. So, you know, really supporting those businesses as well and helping them succeed. Again, it's just, you know, allows everybody to just do well and do better. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Do you have any podcasts or books that you recommend? or that you listen to often? Yes. So I am, I listen to podcasts like literally all day. Like people think I'm weird for how much I like when I'm cooking dinner, when I'm getting ready in the morning, all the time, I love to be, love to be listening to podcasts. So I have two main genres at the moment that I'm listening to, um, true crime and entrepreneurship. (laughs) So uh, very different. It's (laughs) my mood. If I just want to be entertained, my current true crime favorite is of course, crime junkie. It just can't be beat. They're just so good. Um, and then for entrepreneurship, I, I really like, you know, I do, I, I feel like I kind of toggle between, uh, the podcasts that are really inspirational and the podcasts that are very tactical. So, Mm -hmm. you know, luckily a a lot of podcasters kind of go back and forth between those two. Um, I, I, I like some pretty classic ones. So I like, um, Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy. Again, that's been super useful for me because I do not know anything about online marketing and I need it made easy. Um, I also really like John Lee Dumas's on entrepreneurs on fire. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of inspiration, I think. And, you know, the people that he's talking to are like, 
mega, mega, mega entrepreneurs. But it just, you know, when you hear their stories, you're like, that person's not that different from me. Like, yeah, I can do this, you know? So it is very, very inspiring. Um, and then, you know what? I actually have a friend here locally who has a great podcast um, that I love and it's called Marketing to Millions. And so her name's Liz Bower. She is her, her husband works alongside um, my husband. So that's how we know each other. And she's really, she's a marketing guru. And I really, really enjoy her podcast as well. Oh my goodness. I love it. I will have to tune into her podcast and yeah, you should and totally. See, yeah. I am also a podcast junkie like you. I love to listen <laughs> to it like all the time, like I'm getting ready, working out, things like that. So totally. yes, I am yeah. with you. Um, is there any other information you'd like to leave the audience with? You know, I, I feel like as much as I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cliche. I feel like I think cliches in my head all day long. And I'm like, you know what? Cliches are cliches for a reason. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be embarrassed by my love of cliches. I'm just going to go ahead and be like, be honest about living by them. For me, this, this has been, this has become really, really, really major for me since I've started my business. If something feels right, do it. If something, if you are feeling called to do something, Jen, I know that you were talking about how you just felt called to, you know, continue to move forward and, you know, kind of these different areas that you were talking about, like that is so important to do it because I really think that you actually will have like very real regrets if you Mm -hmm. don't follow that draw. So, and it's like, just try, even if it seems like it's something that you have no idea what to do, Google is your friend just check it out. Just try, yeah. you know, and like do it. On the other hand, if something comes across your inbox, across your DMs, across your desk, whatever it is that, and you immediately get a feeling just like, no, like you get a very bad feeling. Do not do it. Like, just please don't do it. I promise you it will not end well. You will, you, that is another way that I've had a lot of regret is committing to doing things that didn't feel exactly right. They didn't feel good to me in my heart or my soul. And I still felt like I should. So I still did it. And I was like, you know, and I mean, this, this can be something as simple as, you know, kind of pre wine club. Like when I was just mm-hmm. kind of posting about wines on my Instagram, it, it would be as simple as like accepting a sample from a winery that I just didn't really think I was going to like. And then I'm like, oh no, I feel guilty because I can't post about this because I didn't like it. And then I agonize about how do I, you know, how do I go about like letting them know that I can't share about it. And it just created so much drama within my own head. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really, really now stand by, like, if something doesn't feel right, there are millions of millions of opportunities out there. Opportunity opportunities are endless. Mm -hmm. Do not take ones that don't feel right. Save, save your time and just take, take the ones that feel good to you. Yeah. And you know what, as you were talking about, like, if you feel something being called to you, like, the whole regret thing. That's my biggest fear in life is like that. I will regret not doing something. Um, and I, as weird as it sounds like I think about like, okay, death, like when I'm on my deathbed, like, well, I regret that I didn't do something. And I know that some people think that's a little morbid, but it is what it is. And like, it makes you do stuff and it makes you like move forward on the things that bring you joy. Totally. And I mean, Jen, I even think that on like a shorter term basis, I think like, I don't, I I don't want to have kids and then think back to like, wow, I really should have traveled. I really should have started this business. I really should have da 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 da. And, you know, and be, just be in these new life places and feeling like I should have done other things when I had more freedom or I had more time or whatever that was. Like, I think about that 
all of the time. Like I try so, so, so hard to just live in the moment and just know that like, you know, these opportunities come up once, take them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just do it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, where can people find you online? Yeah, so my um, website, if you want to check out the wine club and all those details, it's just my name, Nia Ruth, N-I-A-R-U-T-H.com. Um, and my Instagram handle where you can kind of just follow along with all the day-to-day fun things that are going on with the business, just with other wines that I'm drinking. If you're curious about that, that's um, that's on Instagram at Nia Ruth Wine. Um, I also have a newsletter. So, you know, if you're interested in wine and you just kind of want like a little monthly fix of my five wine recommendations, I definitely recommend um, signing up for my newsletter. That's always, you know, I I always do fun kind of seasonal things in February. I'm actually going to talk about glass glassware. That was something that I've had a lot of questions about. So, you know, definitely. And also, you know, any, any ideas, like I I love to crowdsource from my audience, like, Hey, like, what are you guys interested in learning about? Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, incorporate that into my newsletter and my Instagram, um, um, posts as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. I will make sure to have all of that included in the show notes too. So people can just click and find where to, where to get more information on maybe joining the club or following you on social media too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. And thank you, Nia, for sharing your story and more about Wine Club and how people can connect with you. I really think that your story is really cool how you did your pivot into something that brought you more joy. So you can find more information about Nia in the show notes below. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at Jamming with Jen Podcast. Thank you and hope you have a great day.